Oh, wow. Oh, my, my thing. Oh, it didn't. Oh. I see question marks. Yeah, it Please, didn't, it didn't save it. Oh. That feels good. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta fix these again. Damn it, I had so many good ones. Fuck. Ooh, ooh, I'm liking these topics, especially that first one. <clears throat> Fuck, I had like a whole list that was just funny, like... Nim took over and scribbled on the chalkboard <laughs> kobold days. He would. Fuck, I'm so mad, I had so many good ones. Damn it. <clears throat> They're taking over. Everything's ruined forever. <laughs> well, regardless, hello everyone. Uh, I am the DM, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flaggins show where I review and discuss various topics regarding D and D, as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Unfortunately, Ooh. as you can probably still hear, as I am uh, coming back from being under the weather, and last Wednesday I. Basically came home and just died. So they died. I unfortunately had to skip a week. Uh, we have no topics. This is kind of a makeup session. We're just going to kind of talk about Wait. random stuff that's D&D related. Um, I have a small shot. Um, okay. I don't want to get too dehydrated or like really burn my throat on much. Uh, yeah, but worse. I'm also drinking powers, which is a little bit smoother and a little bit less harsh. Uh, mm. and it's, it's tasty. So we'll go with that. Uh, this episode, I'll probably try to turn this one around pretty quick since it was technically supposed to be out today. Um, so maybe I'll have it go up like <clears throat> this Friday before our D and D session, which we are finally going to be getting back and doing D&D. &D. Um, right. I'm so excited. There, there had been the potential plan of having a makeup last Friday, but Kayla wasn't able to make it, and then I got sick, so it was just a shit show all around. Show of shit. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, but a big thank you to everybody. We uh, broke past our 5,000 podcast download milestone, and we're well on the way Ooh. to 10,000 downloads, so glad to hear that people are... Uh, downloading and enjoying our stuff so thank you for listening mm -hmm. if you're listening to this in the podcast version yes uh but without further ado let's talk about D, &D shit shall we yep all right um, for, sure. okay first drink we'll of the night you go ahead um uh can can i sit next to isa i don't know i was zach. wondering when you were gonna ask that are you okay with giving up your seat zach Oh, one second here. Let me look at the Twitch thing and see where I'm sitting. <clears throat> wow, not even watching. You know what? Because of that. I like how you're shaming me. But I showed up. Unlike a bunch of other people. Not even watching. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's Bonnie. That's not who I want. <clears throat> um, so. The first topic on the board... Oh. The first topic on the board is kobolds. Oh. Hey, Isa. You want some moss? <laughs> Quality moss. I'm inside you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you nibble all on that carrot and not my tail. Nim is just like, hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh, 
Oh, Nim, you would have been proud of me. I had some rumbles this morning. Ooh, <clears throat> good rumbles. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cobalds. Cobalt Go ahead. Variants. What if Cobalds are just miniature Dragonborn? And they have all the same features, like uh, their breath weapons, or if they're crystal dragons, then they have like psionic abilities. And uh, I mean, couldn't you just run a dragonborn that was the size of a kobold at that point? No. I like the idea of a kobold not realizing they're a kobold and thinking they're just a dragonborn with dwarfism. That just... would honestly be in character, though. <laughs> <clears throat> it would be really fucking funny. Spoiler Ooh. alert. All right. Uh, Whiskey's gone. Ugh. It hurts a bit. Right on the throat. No, there's one spot that really fucking burns right now. Oh. <clears throat> Worth it for Whiskey Wednesdays. Worth it. I bet this cough drop is going to taste great after downing some whiskey. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm actually not mm. opposed to that. What the fuck? You try mm. one of my cherry honey ones. They're really good. Your uh, your fasc fascination with cherry is almost cherry? as scary as your fascination with bunnies. Um, watermelon, <laughs> thank you very much. <clears throat> they don't have watermelon. <laughs> Picola. I look. Um, a lot. So one cool kobold variant, which is actually real, would be a kobold vampire spawn. Um, that's terrifying. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That's terrifying until you realize he's about knee high, and then you're like, oh, kick. ankle biter. <laughs> they have not only pack tactics, but regeneration, which the vampire regains 10 HP at the start of its turn. Um, uh, it doesn't require air, so it could be in space or underwater or in a rock, but it does have all the vampire weaknesses. I am now imagining Pez in space running in, in one spot because there's no friction. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually curious, like, uh, are vampires susceptible to light? Just like no. they are kind of like... Not really. No, I heard yes and no. I don't well, think this, so. This kobold, he has sunlight hypersensitivity, which means he takes 20 radiant damage when it starts to <clears> turn <throat> in sunlight. While in sunlight, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Yeah. So, like, I was wondering if it was, like, kobold weakness to sun plus vampire weakness to sun equals super weakness to sun. Yeah, he steps into the sun, it's just gone. And <laughs> <laughs> deceased. I think I was looking at the Dampier, like, legacies, mm. which I don't believe that those are weak to sunlight. I don't think those are. So you're looking at, like, a proper homebrew race. I'm looking at, like... No, this is an actual D&D <clears throat> thing from Icewind Dale. Really? Yeah. From the Ravenloft book? Mm, rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, do I not own that one? I could have sworn I bought that one. I'm oh, I have Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. 
Ah, okay. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. One of their other weaknesses is forbiddance, and that's like <clears throat> the vampire can't enter a residence without an invitation, mm -hmm. which I just think is adorable. It's like a cobalt <laughs> knocks on your door giving you cookies, but it's secretly a vampire. He's just like... rolling his hat around in his hands. I, I, cookies, yes. <laughs> just imagine like, just like Zahn sitting inside of our wagon, just Pez outside. Knock, knock, knock. Can I come in? No. <laughs> <laughs> Slam. <laughs> No, I just leave the door open. No, it's much worse if I leave the door open because he still can't. Oh, <laughs> you would. Of course I would. Poor little wee bab. <laughs> Why can't vampires enter a residence without an invitation? Because they're very um, polite. I was gonna say that, but I think there's a logical reason why they can't. Yeah. My vampire. Yes, you are. What? So, so I'm actually curious. So that's why I'm always ugly when I look in the mirror. Sir? Because uh, I can't see myself. Let's see. So vampires cannot, on their own, enter a house without an invitation because the threshold on a mythological and spiritual level is considered a kind of magical and protective barrier that gives, the, gives security to the home. If the vampires try to enter uninvited, they will be weakened or even lose their powers entirely. Yep. Oh. Fucking shit. Fascinating. I like the idea of a vampire wearing a mirror and an eye patch so they can always see out the back of their head. Also, I don't know if you want to show that in um, stream, but that's what a cobalt vampire spawn looks like. <laughs> Hold on, please. Oh, one moment. Just a gangly little noodle. Here, put it in creature share, bro. Oh, God. It's so gangly. He's literally it's, a knuckle dragger. It's just like, they're so threatening until you realize they're just so tiny. <laughs> they make me think of uh, the monster Scrappy-Doo in the Scooby-Doo movie. Mm. Oh, we don't talk about Scrappy. We don't talk about Scrappy. No, <laughs> no. We actually had to introduce that to uh, most of my aunts and uncles. There was actually a person at the wedding called Bruno. And uh, he was God. Dutch, I think. And we had to keep, like, anytime someone was talking about him, like, all the cousins were like, shh, 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 shh. We don't talk about Bruno. God, he was in on the joke already, but oh, we had okay. to uh, we had to educate some of our or one of our uncles about that uh, particular song. He enjoyed the movie though, so there's that. Oh, that's that's good. good. Yeah. He actually Could sat at my imagine? table. He's a really really good guy. Thanks. Could you imagine a horde of vampire kobolds just swarming you? Because that's what they do. They swarm only one foe at a time. Yeah, until I pull out a flashlight. Unless the flashlight is, flashlight is UV. <laughs> well, one of those, like, the beacon of Gondor flashlights. Oh my just, god. Just fucking... <laughs> fucking I mean, pimp. even then, I think you would only blind them. Like, you, you, you really have to get a specific bulb that emits UV light, which is really weird to think about. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But it'd just be funny. 
this horde is chasing you, and all of a sudden, vzz, fucking. Ah! What other cobalt things are there? Well, there's the cobalt inventor, whose picture has the scorpion on a stick with a skunk in a box on his back. You think I'd be surprised at this point, but I'm not. No, no, no. Cobalt are cool. They're inventive little shits. <laughs> they thrive in trap making. I love that, that their description is basically they build their place essentially to the height of long legs, but all their infrastructure is built for their height. So pretty much everything that's normal and safety for them is a tripping hazard for everything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like seven, eight foot tall ceilings, two foot high guardrail. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can only imagine the fucking problems that would come from that. <laughs> now, on your left here, you'll see the pit of despair where all the longings keep falling over because they can't reach the height of the guardrail. That's fine. And our ocean manual says two feet, three inches. And then, of course, there's the best cobalt subrace, the ice wind cobalt, of which is just three cobalt in a trench coat. <laughs> God damn it. You mean you? Yeah. <laughs> he is three, like, malnourished cobalts in a trench coat. Yeah. Skinny fuck. <clears throat> Constantly hungry. Well, Nimbus had his turn with the kobolds. Zach, you want to talk about the bunnies? Uh, Parangon? The bunnies. I mean, I can talk about bunnies all day, but Parangon? I don't know, man. I do find the... I mean, like, we can I, move yeah. on to big, scary monsters instead. Well, to be fair, I do find it interesting that the Parangon and fair, fairies, right? came out in that one book it was fairies right uh the um oh fuck yeah fairy folk uh where is it Fairy. pause for dramatic effect i have the book i just can never remember which one it is is it the carnival one yeah but it has yeah. it has a name <clears throat> i mean i own it which light something so Carnival of something? Hold on. Yeah, which like? The Wild oh. Beyond the Witch Light. Oh, there yeah. you go. But long story short, so yeah, Fairy Folk and you had Herongon they came from that. Mm -hmm. Which I find very interesting because like a lot of it has to do with like fairies and fae creatures, but like Herongons aren't innately like in any real shape or form related to any of that. You're not really considered a fae creature. You can't like, you don't get like bonus interactions with them or anything like that. I, just, I found that very, I found that very strange. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm super happy that Herringons are a thing, but like, I was expecting a little bit more interaction after like reading everything. I'm like, why, why wouldn't you have the ability to talk like fake creatures or have more of a relationship or something kind of <clears throat> like you would do with like fairy folk? Because well, well it also doesn't really help that they came. They basically circumvented all of that by introducing them again with Mordenkainen's. Uh, Wait. Reintroduce what again? Sorry. So D&D &D Beyond essentially revamped 90% of the races 
with Morden Kynan presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Okay. They they it, I think it was their way to like ease people into one D and D because this is where they started to say like because uh, before they would you know you would get the information with like the heron gone it would say they're anywhere from like three to five feet tall they weigh this much they are like this long lived whatever and now it's like yeah you're humanoid go to the player handbook and roll your random physical traits as far as like height weight and age <clears throat> they they took like a lot of the lore out of it yeah like i'm fine with them doing i mean it's obvious it's not my fucking my stuff they they wrote it so they do whatever they want but it's just like i don't know it's just like it felt like i'm it feels like a missed opportunity and like and that's not just saying for hair it's just that's the only race that i've really read about so like they probably have done that with a couple other things it's just i'm not aware of it well, I think the reason why Haragon were even, like, introduced via the Feywild is because of Alice in Wonderland. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to argue that fact because it's very likely somewhat true in a fashion. But, like, I don't know. It's like you come up with a lot of these races that have, like, really cool, like, backgrounds and stories <coughs> and stuff like that. And, it, and then you, you introduce something with Feywild and you relate it to it almost nothing or in no way shape or form well and the interesting like in the thing now it, is that i can't even look at the old heron gone i can only look at the one in mordenkainen because a few of them will have like volo's guide to monsters has their own section strixhaven has its own section for the the owlin the feral tiefling and sword coast adventures guide but they don't have one for uh which light, which is really strange, or is that just because? Did I not buy that book? Hold on. <clears throat> I swear I did. did. I'm almost positive you did. In um, Morning Kaiser's is different because they have a draconic cry, which is a bonus action. You let out a cry at your enemies, and until you, the next start of your turn, your allies had advantage on attack rolls. To any of those enemies who hear you. Oh, okay. So instead of it just being like Grovel, Cower, and Beg, they just renamed it to Draconic Cry. Huh. Okay. Never mind. Okay. So same thing, just name something different. Mm hmm. Hmm. No, I own it. Maybe it's one of those where it's because you have the other book, and the other book's more, like, I guess, I wouldn't say up to date, but more recent. That's what it ended up using. I mean, they kind of almost have to just to keep their coding from losing their shit. I mean, just because they were brought in with the fairies and everything doesn't mean they're necessarily from the Feywild. They just happen to be are. within the setting of uh, that uh, campaign. Well, no, no, what I mean, but they were like they the circus, they traveled, traveled the Feywild and that's where they came from. Or at least that's the stuff that I read before all of this. I haven't read more than whatever is it is. Oh, no, there we go. Feywild themed adventures, blah, blah, blah. I mean, not everything in the Feywild is a Fey either. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I mean, I don't I'm not upset that they're not a Fey. It's just like, again, like. You think that because they interact with fey creatures more, they would have something, you know, related to that in their lore or something like, 
I don't think they can understand fey language. Like that. I don't actually know if that is something, but... A Haragon can speak Sylvan naturally. I don't know what that is. That's about uh, fey wild as you can get. Oh, okay. Fancy elvish. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like hoity-toity elvish. Oh, like high elves elvish we're talking about? More or less. Interesting. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm not yeah. mad. Like, I'm happy with Haragon Rachel. I don't know. You like sound pretty mad. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to calm down, sir. You you are just getting out of fucking control. Too much money. Too much money. I'm sorry I brought up the conversation. I, I promise I won't do it again. I won't trigger you anymore. <laughs> He's you know, plotting how to kill Moss. me now. Moss is similar to carrots. <clears throat> oh no, I'm just deciding which plan A through Z that I should use. Well, knowing how egotistical you are about yourself, you're probably going to go straight to Z. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> uh, so I guess the next thing you wanted to talk about, big scary monsters. Oh, Trask. 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 Thank you, Matthew Mercer. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what say you about the Trask? Good talk. Alright, good talk. Uh, I keep forgetting to turn my microphone on. There you oh are. god, rip. What a freaking dummy. It's okay, I didn't have much to say up until this point. Anyway, I was about to what I, what I was trying to say is that and this is skipping way far ahead in the lore, uh, is that Planescape I think it was Planescape, um, gave us probably the most terrifying bit of lore for the Tarrasque, and it's that uh, there's an entire planet of them, and that's the reason that they are both a predator and a prey, is because the only thing that's scarier than a Tarrasque is a bigger fucking Tarrasque. Huh. They have teeth. Lots of teeth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's an entire like planet full of them in the D&D, um, like, galaxy system, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <clears throat> whenever you use it, there's like, yeah, there's an entire planet of Tarras. That's the reason they have spikes on their back, because that's something Prey has. It's because they're afraid of bigger Tarrasques. So I am actually curious. So are... So in D&D &D in that aspect, are other planets considered other planes of existence in that aspect? No. Or just uh, other locations. Not necessarily. Planescape is super <clears throat> confusing and complicated. That, yeah, that's a whole individual Whiskey Wednesdays conversation. It, think of the planes of like World of Warcraft, but a little bit more complicated, I think. But there's only like two. Well, it's... It's almost like the MCU's version of um, the Nine Realms. They're all uh, different dimensions and planets at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. That's an okay when, way of understanding. When it. you think of D&D planes, think of like the Airbus A380 or an F-22 Raptor. Yeah. Where are you going with this? Yeah, Nowhere. Nowhere? Okay. <laughs> I think he was naming jets. <clears throat> yeah, he was jets? naming planes at the very least. 
So for those who may be listening to this and don't know what a Tarrasque is, a Tarrasque is the quintessential, you've pissed off the DM and he wants to kill you all. The armor class is 25, natural armor, which for most people means that you're going to need at least a natural 20 to even hurt it. Uh, Its hit points average is 676. You roll 33 d20s and you add 330 to that result. Hold on. Had... Let, me, let me do that real quick. <clears throat> Alexa, roll 33 d20s. Okay. Here's that tag. Roll 33 and got 101. 101? So that's actually on the low side. That's only 431 points. Stop. So that's super. Yeah. Alexa sucks at rolling. I think she only rolled d6s. Oh. <laughs> uh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Let me see if I can crash D&D Beyond by doing it oh, through uh, through Boar's character sheet. I rolled 33 d20s. I want to do it with my okay, mimic with my mimic dice. I won't tell you what I rolled then. Oh God! Did you break your D and D Beyond? I'm sorry, audio listeners. That was really fucking loud. I'll try to remember to. Uh, I got 338, so that's 668. That's, that's still less than the average that this gave me. <clears throat> so. Uh, it has 30 strength, 11 dex, 30 constitution, 3 intelligence, 11 wisdom, and 11 charisma. Um, it is immune to fire, poison, bludgeoning, piercing... Sorry, it's immune to fire and poison, and it is immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. So, you could punch it with an unarmed strike all day long, but unless you're a monk, you're not getting anywhere. It is immune to being charmed, frightened, paralyzed, or poisoned... It has a 120-foot blind sight. Um, its proficiency bonus is plus 9. It has three legendary uh, resistances. Uh, <clears throat> it has magic resistance. It has advantage on saving throws against spells and other, and other magical effects. And it has reflective carapace. Anytime the Tarrasque is targeted by a magic missile spell, a line spell... Or a spell that requires a ranged attack roll, roll a d6. On a 1 to 5, the Tarrasque is unaffected. On a 6, the Tarrasque is unaffected, and the effect is reflected back to the caster, as though it originated from the Tarrasque, turning the caster into the target. It is also a siege monster, so it deals double damage to objects and structures. <clears throat> That's just its passive shit. Um, if, if I did cobalt math correct... If you rolled 33 natural 20s plus that 330, you would get 990 um, HP. I would probably take Zach, what do you think, two, three rounds to crit it to death? Yeah. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) So funny. Um, It has multi-attack. Uh, the Tarax can use its Frightful Presence. It then makes five attacks. One with its bite, two with its claws, one with its horns, and one with its tail. It can use its swallow instead of its bite. 
The bite is a plus 19 to hit with a 10-foot reach. Um... The average is 36 piercing damage. If it's a creature, it's grappled, and the escape DC is 20. Until the grapple ends, the target is restrained, and the uh, Taras cannot bite another target. All of its attacks are basically a plus 19 to hit. Uh, The claws of 15 foot reach, 28 damage. Mm. The horns is 10 foot, 32 damage, and the tail is 20 feet, 24 damage. <clears throat> and you have to make a DC 20 strength saving throw or be knocked prone if you're here with the tail. Every creature within 120 feet of it and it is aware of the creature must succeed on a DC 17 wisdom saving throw or become frightened for one minute. Uh, it can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns with disadvantage if the Tarrasque is within line of sight and then the effect on a success. If it succeeds, it is immune to the fear for 24 hours. You can be swallowed by the Tarrasque. Uh, each turn that you're swallowed, you de- get dealt an average of 56 acid damage at the start of its turn. If the Tarrasque takes 60 or more damage in a single turn, uh, it must make a 20 DC 20 con save, or it throws you up. <clears throat> um, it also has legendary actions. It's got three of them. It basically gets to uh, make one claw attack or tail attack. It can move up to half its speed, and it can chomp where it makes one bite attack or uses its swallow, which takes two actions to do. So this thing is just a fucking tank. Mm -hmm. Someone did find an interesting loophole with it, though. What's that? Mm-hmm. Um, it can only do it, it. It doesn't have any magical attacks, correct? <clears throat> it's all physical, correct? Mm-hmm. Unless you clay count golems. reflective uh, carapace, right? Uh, clay golems also uh, don't take any damage uh, from. I believe it's non. Don't take any damage from non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing. So if you have a clay golem on your, if you like get a clay golem and put it up against the Tarrasque, it's a perfect punching bag. <laughs> you just won't deal damage to it, huh? Yep. So, oh, I see what you're saying. How do you get saying. clay golems? If only you had an artificer who knew how to make golems. Can you make a clay golem as an artificer? I mean... Did the DM who wants the artificer to do more stuff just say you can't do this? I didn't say he can't. It was a question. Uh, it's a large construct. I believe that the constructs you can make can only be tiny. Yeah. I can make it. <laughs> Just made out of really like a hundred tiny clay golems. <laughs> they no, they Power Ranger transform into a big clay golem. <laughs> <laughs> clay golem Megazord. Yeah. One of them goes, it's perfect time. I, you had me until you said that idiotic shit. You idiot. Well, well, well. I take back nothing. What other big scurry monsters are there? Issa sent me a dude. Even the clay body. golem, like if it got swallowed, it wouldn't be able to be damaged because it's immune to acid. <laughs> yeah, but it's a large. <laughs> creature. Just punches it from the inside. Can Tarask actually swallow a large creature? Tarrasque makes one bite attack against a large or smaller creature it is grappling. If the attack hits and the target takes the bite's damage, the target is swallowed. 
So yes, it is just, just the right side. Well, now there's something interesting. It says a large or smaller creature. Is a construct technically a creature? Yes. Creature just refers to any um, adversary, I think, for the context of D&D. &D. Hang on. I need, I need to look that up because that's... Also for dramatic effect. Uh, creature description. I don't. I don't even know how to like look this up. Hold on. <clears throat> Is a construct a creature? Is a Tarask more powerful than Tiamat? Um. Okay, technically, yes. Fuck off. Well, well, that'd be interesting. Fight Tarask versus Tiamat. Smarter. Okay, constructs are artificial creatures. Hmm. Okay. So a creature. We... <clears throat> yep. Yes, as I shake my head. Uh, you're shaking it left and right, but saying yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, I I know it's technically not a conversation about D and D, but now I just really want to spend a whiskey Wednesday doing a Tiamat versus a Tarask. Um, experiment battle so, so again what is tiamat tiamat is a gargantuan fiend it's a five-headed dragon you've, you've seen the model at the shop i'm sure oh so blue eyes ultimate dragon no no no, no this is the one that has like heads. it basically has one head for each of the chromatic dragons so there is the black the red the blue the green and the it's the one i did the fan art for if pez trying to give cookies to her yeah. Also, in I believe in Feyrun, she's only technically a, a higher level fiend, a uh, devil, I think, to be exact. But yeah. in some of the other uh, realms, she's considered basically a dark goddess. I was gonna of say she's a day, right? In some lore, she isn't. Some lore, she isn't. It yeah. just really depends. That, it, like that shit flip flops. <laughs> She's also in Dragonlance. I know she is. She's, she's a god. in charge of the first layer of hell, I think. Maybe. Well, in charge is a loose term. Like she was put there and is like, all right, I'm gonna run this bitch. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a subjective statement. Yeah. Her godhood. Oh, actually, her godhood depends on what realm she's worshipped in. I guess this yeah. is technically spoilers, but like, I'm actually genuinely curious. Ian. Huh. Because we've heard the stories of the gods in your universe, how uh -huh. would the gods fare against a Tarask? Like, in loose terms, like, not this is how they would do specifically, but would one of the gods in your universe be able to fight a Tarask and win? Uh, honestly, the main problem there is that Valkyrie and um, Gambors would be fighting each other to see who would get to fight it first. Okay, so there are two of them now, and they they both get to fight one at the same time. Uh, the the Tarask would absolutely lose. I mean, you're, you're talking just, about I'm... divine power. 
again, but like like you said before, it's more along the lines of like they're gods to us, which just means they're really powerful. But like, no, okay, Tiamat would be different because Tiamat, like Nim was saying, is theoretically in in some lore is a deity. A Tarask is just a big monster. What big monster? Yeah, it's not. yeah, it's special. It's huge, and it's really hard to take down. But it's it's not a, god it's, it's not a deity. Like it, you can kill it. Just curious. Yeah. In the um, in the D and D module where you actually fight Tiamat, one that's Faerun, where she's not considered a deity. She's only considered a very high level fiend. And two, technically, you're not fighting actual Tiamat. You're fighting a physical avatar of her, I believe. I could be An totally aspect. way off on that, but that's how I understood <clears throat> aspect of Tiamat. Uh, so to kind of compare the two, same armor class, Tiamat has slightly less average hit points. Her average is 615. She only gets 30 D20 plus 300. But she has a 60 foot... Uh, movement speed and 120 foot fly speed so she's way faster than the Tarask um, stats are vastly in Tiamat's favor <laughs> 30 strength 10 dex 30 con 26 intelligence 26 wisdom 28 charisma her strength is plus 19 for saving throw her dex is plus 9 her wisdom is plus 17 um she is immune to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and poison. And she is immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. The Tarask would not be able to hurt Tiamat. Yep. Well, there you well, go. Uh, Tiamat is also immune to the conditions of blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, poisoned, or stunned. She has 240 feet of dark vision, which is double what T- uh, the Tarask has. She also has true sight to 120 feet, which means that invisibility wouldn't work. She just sees you. Her passive perception is 36. Man, <laughs> I've got some work to do. <clears throat> yeah. Um, she has discorporation. When she drops zero hit points or dies, her body is destroyed, but her essence travels back to her domain in the Nine Hells, and she is unable to take physical form for a time. Tiamat can innately cast Divine Word with a spell save of 26 three times a day. So is Tiamat a, is Tiamat a bad guy in this, or she's just a deity? Oh, no, she's... She's um, evil deity. Yeah, if that's... When she is a deity, she's an evil deity. When she's not an evil... When she's not a deity, she's a devil. So, she's yeah. She's just bad. She just wants to rule... And destroy. Um, she has also going... five legendary resistances. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. Going back to uh, thinking about a Tarras versus the gods of Archeron, I'm just picturing, you said Valkyrie, and what was the other one? Uh, Gambors, the orc god. Gambors. I'm just picturing Gambors and Valkyrie in the back, just like f- fighting and wrestling to like, oh, I want to fight him. No, I want to fight him. And you just see Bowler walk up with a giant hammer and bonk it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Nim, please. <laughs> oh, I, I don't have those set up. So oh, god damn it! All the drivers. Ooh, <laughs> boo, Nim, boo. 
so here's an interesting uh, difference, though, with Tiamat. She has limited magic immunity. Unless she Ooh. wishes to be affected, Tiamat is immune to spells of 6th level or lower. She has advantage on saving throws against all other spells and magical effects. <clears throat> Tiamat's weapon I... attacks are magical, so she could hurt the Tarrasque. I have a question. Uh-huh. Can a wish spell wish Tiamat away? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. The, um, unfortunately, since that's not a... Well, I guess you could. It would substitute it for a ninth level um, plane shift or something like that. But if you were just wishing her away without copying a spell, it would probably kill the caster. Why? Um, one of the wish spell's main features is that if you wish for something and there's a spell that does what you're wishing for, it'll default to the spell. But if you wish for something that's not really able to be done by a spell, it will do that, but it's also bending reality beyond normal means, and it's going to take a toll on the caster. Sometimes so, you just can't cast the wish spell anymore. Sometimes you're bedridden for days or weeks, and sometimes it just kills you. So the wording of it is, <clears throat> the stress of casting this spell to produce any effect other than duplicating another spell weakens you. After enduring that stress, each time you cast a spell until you finish a long rest, you take 10, 1d10 necrotic damage per level of that spell. This damage cannot be reduced or prevented in any way. In addition, your strength drops to 3. If it isn't 3 or lower already, for 2d4 days. For each of those days that you spend resting and doing nothing more than light activity, your remaining recovery time decreases by 2 days. Finally... There is a 33% chance that you were unable to cast Wish ever again if you suffer this stress. Well, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so, but I, I know Matthew Mercer was talking about it one time. He's like, yeah, I play with DMs when someone uses a Wish spell and it's really outside of the confines of uh, what you're supposed to be able to do with it. Sometimes it just straight up kills you. It'll still do the Wish, but sometimes you're just dead. Yep. What if the says, Wish is to make you immortal? Um, it would probably put your soul into a phylactery and you would become a lich yeah probably um, it because uh, they were also talking about the wish spell the power has to come from somewhere and so they were they were t talking about like well where does that power come from is it just the universe itself is it um, some higher power that's even above the gods like uh, the lady of pain or is it just, what is it and how does it feel about what you're wishing for kind of thing? So, <clears throat> the way, again, it's kind of worded in the spell here. <clears throat> Sorry. You might be able to retrieve something beyond the scope of the above examples, which is the spells and all the other crap. Mm -hmm. uh, state your wish to the GM as precisely as possible. The GM has great latitude in ruling what occurs in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater the likelihood that something goes wrong. This spell might simply fail. The effect you desire might only be partially achieved, or you might suffer some unforeseen consequence as a result of how you worded the wish. For example, wishing that a villain were dead might propel you forward in time to a period when that villain is no longer alive, effectively removing you from the game. Similarly, wishing for a legendary magic item or artifact might instantly transport you to the presence of the item's current owner. So it's kind of a 
potential monkey's paw. <clears throat> or a djinn, for those of you that aren't familiar with the monkey paw, you might be familiar with djinns versus genies and how they twist your wordings to to grant your wish by pure technicality rather than the spirit of the wish itself. My favorite <clears throat> example of a, of some gin fuckery is, uh, it's like, yeah, this guy found a gin, thought it was a genie. It's like, I wish for a hundred bucks. And the next thing you know, is there's a bunch of deer outside his house. Yep. <laughs> uh, do we want to keep on going with Tiamat's abilities or do we want to scooch on? Next big um, scary monster. Um, Kraken. Uh, Demi Gorgon. Demi Gorgon. Demi Gorgon. Demi Gorgon. Demi Gorgon. Demi and then the Kraken. Okay, I'll pull up the. Isa, what would what, you say? None. Oh. I think she was just joining in on us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Back when. No, I'm not going to say it. Say it. Uh, oh. So the Demi Gorgon. AC of 22, average hit points of 464. Uh, it has 50-foot movement speed and 50-foot swimming speed. Its stats are pretty good. 29 strength, 14 dex, 26 constitution, 20 intelligence, 17 wisdom, and 25 charisma. Uh, it's only considered huge. Huge. It is resistant huge. to cold, fire, and lightning, so Zahn, you'd be fine. <clears throat> um... <clears throat> Wait, say that again? <laughs> it is resistant to cold, fire, and lightning, but with your feature, you negate resistances, so you'd be able to damage Yay! Ah, I just cracked my arm. <clears throat> <laughs> um, <laughs> it is immune to poison, and it is also immune to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing that is not magical. It cannot be charmed, exhausted, frightened, or poisoned. 120 feet of true sight, passive perception 29. It knows all languages and has telepathy up to 120 feet. Uh, three legendary resistances. It has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. And it has two heads. So it has advantage on saving throws against being blinded, deafened, stunned, or being knocked unconscious. <clears throat> its melee attack is a plus 17 to hit. Does an average of uh, 28 force damage. Uh, ooh. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 23 constitution saving throw or its hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken. This reduction lasts until the target finishes a long rest. It dies if its maximum hit points is uh, reduced to zero. So don't get hit by this guy. <clears throat> I'll be right back. If you do get hit by it, you'll go into the upside down. <laughs> Uh, it also has a gaze feature, so yeah. it can turn its magical gaze towards one creature it can see within 120 feet of them. They must succeed on a DC 23 wisdom saving throw or suffer one of the following effects. Choose one or roll a D6. Beguiling gaze, the target is stunned until the start of the Demogorgon's next turn, or until the Demogorgon is no longer within line of sight. Confusing Gaze suffers the effect of the Confusion spell, which is a very confusing spell. <clears throat> um, it lasts until the start of the Demogorgon's next turn, and it does not need to concentrate on it. 
It also has Hypnotic Gaze. The target is charmed by the Demogorgon until the start of its next turn. It chooses how the charm target uses its action, reaction, and movement. Uh, it has a few spells that it can cast. Uh, it can detect magic and major image at will. It can do Dispel Magic, Fear, and Telekinesis three times a day. And it can do Feeble Mind and Project Image once a day. It also has legendary actions. It can uh, hit you with the tail and it can uh, cast a spell as a legendary action. So that tentacle attack is probably one of the scariest fucking things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Because if it averages at 28 force damage and you fail that save, that's fuck, dude. Yeah. And it can make a multi-attack. So if it's hitting you twice with a plus 17 to hit, which for most classes is basically a natural one is the only way you're going to really save that. Mm-hmm. Man. Every turn. So what creature are we talking about right now? You got to feel up to date. We were still on the Demogorgon. Ah, okay. I'm not going back over it again for you, though. Oh, I don't care. Doug Demogorgon. Demogorgon. <laughs> I miss Jeremy. Demogorgon. <clears throat> Same. Yeah, well. Uh, well, the Kraken has... The Kraken! <laughs> it has an AC of 18, average hit points of 472, it can move. It has a twenty foot movement speed, but it can swim sixty feet. So, this is absolutely a sea creature. <clears throat> what? No. Can you just imagine a kraken flopping towards you on ocean on land. <laughs> yeah, everyone's all like, "Ah, no! Uh, I guess we'll just slowly walk away from this." What's that? What's that thing crawling across the desert? I think it's a kraken. What's it doing so far out of the water? Uh, there was that storm that came through last night. <clears throat> I just like the idea of there being a massive water spout that ripped it out of the ocean and just chucked it somewhere. I just like the idea of like <laughs> two like southern like you know those old cartoon southern hicks just oh they're good. just on the rocking chairs on their front porch. <laughs> Is that a kraken in our cotton field? Some bitch gets a shotgun. <laughs> He's too close to the mash dash. <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> you just say. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> it is immune to lightning damage. And the typical non-magical attacks. Really? Immune to lightning damage? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which so for you would make that? it Not- only resistant. Well, no, no, not that. Like, like not inside the confines of, like, Zod, but, like, why would it be... It's a sea creature. Why would it be resistant to lightning damage? Sushi. Probably. Oh, um, one of its legendary actions is Lightning Storm. Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. so the so Kraken magically actual... creates three bolts of lightning, each of which can strike the target, a target the Kraken see, can see within 120 feet of it. The target must make a dex, 23 dexterity saving throw or take 22 average lightning damage on a failed save or half as much on successful yeah generally these big creatures that have elemental abilities will be immune to said abilities gosh i did not know that i could cast lightning stuff like that 
That's something new. Well, I mean, I, I I didn't know until you asked, and I was like, there has to be a reason. There has to be something here that would, you know, bring that <laughs> you up. You mean the lightning, lightning damage storm. at the very end. Fuck you, Zon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but for you, though, if I'm not mistaken, anything that is immune to lightning Becomes is now just resistant to it. So you can still damage it, which will probably confuse it and piss it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this motherfucker. How's this, how this thing so strong it can me with my own damage? Damn it! <laughs> and why is it only three foot tall and fluffy? Uh, oh, it has freedom of movement. That's pretty big. What's that mean? Uh, it ignores difficult terrain, and magical effects cannot reduce its speed or cause it to be restrained. Oh, wow. It can really? spend five what? feet of movement to escape from non-magical restraints or being grappled. What the hell? So I can't grapple it? I mean, it's gargantuan, so no, you couldn't grapple it to begin with. Fucking quitter talk there, Mr. DM. Uh, you can only grapple something one size larger than yourself. You are barely, you are barely medium. What is Zanzi's cracking? Cracks knuckles. I'm gonna go grapple it. <laughs> I'm gonna go wrestle it. <laughs> uh, its bite attack is a plus seventeen to hit. Average of twenty three piercing damage. It is also able to swallow. I bet it is. Uh, averages 42 acid damage. So not quite as much as the Tarrasque, but still pretty wicked. Uh, tentacle attack is a 17 to hit. Average of 20 bludgeoning damage. It can grapple. Uh, until this grapple ends, the target is restrained. <clears throat> it can fling. When large or smaller object held or creature grappled by the Kraken... The Kraken is is, thro- <laughs> is thrown up to 60 feet in a random direction and knocked prone. If the thrown target strikes a solid surface, it takes three bludgeoning damage for every 10 feet it was thrown. The target is thrown at another creature. That creature must succeed on a dex saving throw of 18 or take the same damage and be knocked prone. So, it seems difficult, but not impossible. The Ink Cloud is a legendary action. Uh, while underwater, it expels an ink cloud in a 60-foot radius. The cloud spreads around corners, and it's heavily obscured to creatures other than the Kraken. Each creature uh, must make a 20, DC 23 con saving throw or take an average of 16 poison damage on a failed save for half as much. A strong current disperses the cloud, which otherwise disappears at the end of the Kraken's next turn. So... Scary, a lot of health, but not unkillable. Honestly, the the main thing that really scares me about this one is the health pool is massive. Um, Lightning Storm is scary because it can uh, strike three creatures with it. And that's 22 lightning damage on a failed save. The bite can be scary if it swallows you, because that 42 acid damage is fucking terrifying. But as far as just overall damage taken by the attacks, 23 is not a whole lot to speak of. And if you're just already like accepting the fact you're going to get hit with a plus 17 in most cases, uh, yeah, I'm not nearly as scared of this as I am like the Demogorgon. Yeah. I got another one for us, and uh, I lo- I just love the thought of this being a thing. All right, Warforged Colossus. Oh, 
I had that pulled up earlier. <clears throat> Wouldn't that just be the Iron Giant? Pretty much. It actually doesn't have an image on uh, D&D Beyond, which is really upsetting. Dang it. I wanted to um, see if I can move one. So its AC is 23 with an average hit points of 410. It has 60 feet of movement. That's kind of scary. It is immune to necrotic and poison damage and the traditional non-magical attacks. It cannot be charmed, exhausted, frightened, incapacitated, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, or stunned. Oof. This is a monk's worst nightmare right here. Jesus. It has 150 feet of true sight. Oh. But only 10 passive perception. It understands common, but cannot speak. Uh, immutable form. It is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form, so it cannot be polymorphed. It has three legendary resistances. And it has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Towering Terror. Any enemy outside the Colossus that starts its turn within 30 feet must make a DC 26 Wisdom saving throw or be frightened. Once it succeeds on this check, which can be repeated at the end of their turn, uh, it is immune to being scared by or for 24 hours. <clears throat> um, it can make three attacks, one with its slam, two with its eldritch turrets. The slam is a plus 18 to hit. 20 feet of reach, that's pretty huge. Uh, average of 29 bludgeoning damage. And the Colossus can put the tar push the target up to 20 feet away from it, so that'd probably really piss Brick off. <laughs> uh, the Eldritch Turret is uh, plus 18 to hit with a range of 300 feet. It is an average of 18 force damage. And if the target is a creature, it is knocked prone. There's no save, you're just knocked prone. It has Stomp. The Colossus stomps Squeech. one of its feet at a <laughs> squeech on the ground within 20 feet of it. Any creature in a 20-foot radius, 20-foot high cylinder centered on this point must succeed on a DC 26 dex save or take 33 bludgeoning damage and fall prone. Till the Colossus uses its stomp again or moves, the creature is restrained. While restrained in this way, the creature or another creature within 5 feet of it can use its action to make a DC 26 strength check. Oof. On a success, the creature relocates to an unoccupied space of its choice within five feet of the Colossus and is no longer restrained. <clears throat> uh, last but not least, Incinerating Beam recharges on a five or a six. It fires a beam of light in a 150-foot line that is 10 feet wide. Hmm. Each creature in the line must make a DC 26 dex save or take... 60 radiant damage on a fail or half as much on a successful one. Oh shit. A creature reduced to zero hit points by this beam is disintegrated, leaving behind anything it was wearing or carrying. Basically that means no revive. You're done. That's yeah, scary. Everything would be a true resurrection. <clears throat> yeah. Which would mimic a resurrection spell, but yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's terrifying. So if if it blasts a Tarask at a little tiny top hat 
falls out. Was the Trask wearing the top hat, or did it eat someone with a top hat? Yes. It sounds like a Schrodinger's cat question. I really don't know how to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Cobalt brain. Moss brain. Yeah. Yeah, but there are some uh, pictures that we found in character sharing of Hmm. some some different art of colossi. What is the plural of Colossus? Colossi? It's Colossal. I like the second one. It reminds me of the Titans from Hercules. Yeah. yeah. Hercules, Hercules. I'll show it on the stream real quick here. Who's your favorite Titan from Hercules? The rock guy. <laughs> oh, that's cool looking. I like the ice one. You would. I mean, I do too, but I like the rock. To be honest with you, I think they're all pretty cool. I just don't care too much for the lava one, but meh. It still looks cool. Uh, I can't really think of any other big spurry monsters. Yeah, I was looking There's at the others. spider nightmare fuel Arasta. Yeah, do that one. The right. what now? Hold on. It gave me how, nightmares. How do you spell it? A R A S T A. Ah, okay. Uh, it's a huge oh, monstrosity. So AC of 19, average hit points of 300. 40 feet walking speed, 40 feet climb speed. Uh, stats are pretty good. 24 strength, 16 dex, 23 constitution, 15 intelligence, 22 wisdom, and 17 charisma. Uh, It is resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical. It is immune to acid and poison. It cannot be poisoned. Has blindsight of 60 feet, dark vision of 120 feet, and its passive perception is 23. Armor of spiders. Mythical trait. Oh, you don't see many things with mythical actions. Hold up. <clears throat> um, this recharges. It's called Armor of Spiders. It's a mythic trait. Recharges after short or long rest. If a roster is reduced to zero hit points, she doesn't die or fall unconscious. Instead, she regains 200 hit points. In addition, Arasa's children immediately swarm over her body to protect her, granting her 100 temporary hit points. So she goes from 300 hit points... To zero, back to 300 hit points. He's basically Ungallant from the Cimmerillion. Yeah, you're you're fighting two of them. Uh, three legendary resistances. She has advantage on saving throws against spells. She can climb difficult surfaces with spider climb, including upside down on ceilings without needing to make an ability check. And she ignores movement and restrictions caused by webbing. She can make three attacks, one with her bite and two with her claws. The bite is a plus 14 to hit, uh, average of 26 piercing damage, and a DC 21 con saving throw, or you take 32 poison damage. That's that's a lot of poison damage. <clears throat> uh, the claws are 14 to hit, an average of 17 slashing damage. Ugh, web of hair. <laughs> I don't like that. This recharges on a four to six. <laughs> Uh, sorry, what I'm saying recharges on a 4 to 6. At the start of each of her turns, you roll a d6. 
four, five, or six, this recharges. It's the same with breath weapons for dragons and that uh, that like I beam that I was just talking about with the Colossus. That's what that Ooh. what that recharge four to six means. Uh, so with web of hair, she unleashes her hair in the form of webbing that fills a thirty foot cube next to her. The web is difficult to rain. The area is lightly obscured and lasts for one minute. Any creature that moves into the web or that starts its turn there must take a make must make a dexterity saving throw DC twenty one. On a failed save, the creature is restrained. Uh, a creature can use an action to make a DC 21 strength check. On a success, it can free itself or a creature within five feet that is restrained by the web. I'm assuming if you pass the dexterity saving throw, you're not you should restrained. Be fine. It usually says the wording, but I guess it just oh. assumed that you knew what the fuck you're doing. Uh, the webbing is immune to all damage except magical fire. A five-foot cube of web is destroyed if it takes at least 20 fire damage from a spell or other magical source on a single turn. Uh, so five feet of a 30-foot cube takes 20 fire damage to burn away. <clears throat> uh, she has three legendary actions. She can attack with one of her claws. She can use uh, two of her actions to uh, swarm. Arasa causes two swarms of spiders to appear in unoccupied spaces within five feet of her. The swarm of spiders is a uh, half challenge rating medium swarm of tiny beasts. Uh, it's only like 22 hit points. It's, uh, you know, just little ankle biters, basically. Or she can use all three of her legendary actions for toxic web. Each creature restrained by Arasa's web of hair takes 18 poison damage. <clears throat> now, Yikes. mythic actions. If Arasa's mythic trait is active, which uh, there's usually a trigger for it. Hold on. Let me see what it is. Arasa has a mythic encounter. She's a formidable enemy under normal circumstances, but to give characters a truly mythic challenge, you can have her call in her armor of spiders. Okay, so when she uses her armor of spiders, this is when her mythical traits kick in. Uh, so, while it is active, she can use the options below as legendary actions, as long as she has temporary hit points from her armor of spiders. She can swipe, making two attacks with her claws. Uh, Web of Hair costs two of her mythic actions. She recharges Web of Hair and uses it. She also has Nyx Weave, which costs, costs uh, two actions. Each creature restrained by Arasta's web of hair must succeed on a DC 21 con saving throw or take 26 force damage and any spell of 6th level or lower on it ends. Oof. So any buff spells are basically taken out. <clears throat> yeah, that's... Oh! 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 And she has layer actions. Yeah. Uh let's Easy see. Dryad. Hmm. The layer action happens on initiative count twenty, losing to initiative ties. Uh, she cannot use the same effect two rounds in a row. The first one is Arasta learns about any creature touching her webs. Each creature restrained by a web or Arasta's web of hair must make a DC twenty one intelligence saving throw. 
On a failed save, Arasa gains knowledge of a creature's name, race, where they consider home, and what brought them to her web. The other option is Arasa casts the giant insect spell, spiders only. It lasts until she uses the layer action again or until she dies. Oh, oh. oh Zach dropped out. And he's back. That was weird. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> you, the spell is you transform up to 10 centipedes, three spiders, five wasps, or one scorpion in, within range into giant versions of their natural forms for the duration. So, uh, you basically, okay, you can only do the spider. So you pick three spiders and they turn, become giant spiders. Ugh. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Do you imagine a giant daddy long leg? No. No, I can't. I <laughs> can't. It'd be cute. Yeah, other than the fact it would actually be able to kill you because it's a giant daddy long leg spider. Now, here's the question Would a giant daddy long legs actually bite you or would it just punch you from across the room? <laughs> Probably both. It would probably punch you, then bite you. Because fuck you. I just like the idea of you're just like across a gymnasium, and you're in the other corner, it's in the other corner, and it's just fucking boxing you in the face. Just go, to go, to go, to go, to go. Um. Look at this thing. What thing? Armonite? Oh, interesting. It looks cool. Uh, an Armonite is a large fiend. It basically looks like a really devilish centaur. Like, if you've ever played Doom, put a Hell Knight on a centaur body. Uh, the AC is 16, average hit points of 94. It is resistant to cold, fire, and lightning. It is immune to poison and being poisoned. Dark vision to 120 feet. Passive perception is 11. It has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. It can make one claw attack, one hoof attack, and one serrated tail attack per action. Uh, all of those are plus 8 to hit. There's an average of 10 slashing damage, 12 bludgeoning damage, 16 slashing damage, and it has lightning lance that recharges on a 5 or a 6. It lets loose a bolt of lightning in a line that is 60 feet long and 10 feet wide. Each creature in the line must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw, taking 36 lightning damage. So it's essentially like a centaur blue dragon. Mm -hmm. uh, a young one, anyway. But still, like, that's, that's cool looking art there. Let me uh, pop that up. Like, that's a cool looking creature. Yeah, that thing looks... Badass. It really looks like something out of Diablo. The tail, the tail looks a little, eh. Isa, can we get one? No. We can name him <laughs> Philip. No. What about, what about Frank? Would you settle for Frank? All right, that's that's fine. Okay. okay. See, you just got to pick the right name. How about yeah. Elvis? Jr. Mama needs a right name. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, let's see. <coughs> Fuck. 
Mole. There's a lot of critters. There's a lot of fucking critters. I mean, just going to all monsters and you consider there's, I think, like 20 per page and there's 128 pages. That's a lot of fucking critters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who made a D&D &D meme share? Oh, it was Zeke. Oh, you should for sure pick that up. But you know, you guys technically kind of already learned that lesson. Um. Oh, I'll hell yeah, I'm picking that up. Free, free fucking ruby. Or diamond. Shit. Well, Grace gets So I did the math. Uh, okay, emerald. 20 pages. Sorry, no. Uh, 20 monsters per page, 128 pages. That's 2,560 monsters to choose from. One, two, dun, dun, three, dun. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So subtract eight from that number, because there's only twelve entries on the last page. But still five hundred and fifty two. <clears throat> that's still a lot of fucking monsters. I sent you the last monster on D and D monster. Ooh. Oh, come on, Matthew Mercer. You don't want to give us a pronunciation for this? Oh, what is it? Uh, Zugtomi? Zugtomoy? I will post it in character sharing. Is it a monster of Mark Zuckerberg so, or something? It's a large fiend, chaotic evil, AC what of 18, the heck? average hit points of 304, 30 feet of movement, 22 strength, 15 dex, 18 constitution, 20 intelligence, 19 wisdom, 24 career. That's pretty beefy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, it is resistant to cold, fire, and lightning. It is immune to poison and the tra traditional non-magical uh, weapon damages. It cannot be charmed, exhausted, frightened, or poisoned. It has a 120 feet of true sight, passive perception to 21. It knows all languages and it has telepathy of 120 feet. Three legendary resistances a day. And it has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Uh, it has multi-attack. It can make three pseudopod attacks. Uh, its pseudopod is a plus 13 to hit, range of 10 feet, average of 15 force damage, plus 9 poison damage. It has spell casting. So it can at will cast detect magic, locate animals or plants. It can cast Dispel Magic, Entangle, and Plant Growth three times a day. And it can cast Etherealness and Teleport one day each. Bonus action, Infestation Spores three times a day. Zogtomi releases spores that burst out in a cloud that fills a 20-foot radius sphere centered on her, and it lingers for one minute. Any creature in the cloud, when it appears, or that enters it later, must make a DC-19 Constitution saving throw. On a successful save, the creature can't be effect infected by these spores for 24 hours. On a failed save, the creature is infected with a disease called the spores of Zuctomy. Zuctomy, sorry. <clears throat> Which lasts until the creature is cured of the disease or dies. While infected in this way, the creature can't be reinfected, and it must repeat the saving throw at the end of every 24 hours, ending the infection on success. On a failure... The infected creature's body is slowly taken over by fungal growth, and after three such failed saves, the creature dies 
and is reanimated as a spore servant if it's a type of creature that can be or that can just that can exist <clears throat> um mind control spores recharges on a five to six Sucktomoy releases spores that burst out in a cloud that fills a 20-foot radius sphere centered on her, and it lingers for one minute. Humanoids and beasts in the cloud, when it appears, or that enter it later, must make a DC-19 wisdom saving throw. On a successful save, the creature cannot be infected for another 24 hours. On a failed save, the creature is infected with a disease called the influence of Zugtmoy for 24 hours. While infected in this way, the creature is charmed by her and cannot be reinfected by these spores. Hmm. She's got Protective Thrall's reaction. When Zuckdmoy is hit by an attack roll, one creature within 10 feet of her that is charmed by her is hit by the attack instead. She also has three legendary actions. She can make one pseudopod attack, or one creature charmed by Zuckdmoy that she can see must use its reaction, if available, to move up to its speed as she directs or make one weapon attack against a target that she designates. So it almost sounds like... A stronger my, version of belief. <clears throat> uh, I don't know about stronger. Tender. Yeah, the mushroom tender. Which I didn't know that this creature existed until just now. She's really fucking cool looking, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to um, ruin it for you, but... Her abilities remind me of the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> uh, with the, uh, the 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 king when he's in his little yeah. fungal fungal sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I it definitely had some uh, similarities to my creature, but no, I I had no idea that creature existed until just now. And for the audio listeners, the reason that I'm struggling with this name is it is Z-U-G-G-T-M-O-Y. So, Zugto- what if it's Zugtomoy? I got curious. I got curious about it because she's, uh, she's a demon. She's not yeah. a devil, so she's she lives in the abyss. So I got curious and uh, Googled where she's from, Shidakla is the <laughs> 20... Oh, sorry. Shidakla is the 222nd layer of the abyss. It is primarily ruled by Zuktmoy or whatever you want to call her, but there are some parts that are contested by another demon uh, of uh, similar... Uh, I guess you could say values uh called jubliex who is called the lord of nothing because he doesn't hold that much power even in his own layer of the abyss i swear people that come up with demon names just punch their keyboard and just <laughs> say yep yeah, good enough jubliex they sneeze on it <clears throat> do what they sneeze on their keyboard <laughs> i was gonna say they just drop a bucket of orbies Uh, the art for her I'm just googling it it's pretty badass yeah she's really cool looking just don't go too far into the deep dark web or you might find some shit you don't want to see oh what if I want to see it let's keep that off stream
Okay. This this is her counterpart <laughs> in her own layer of the abyss. Oh my! That's the Lord of dude. Nothing. Dude, a snot monster. Holy shit! Look at this model, oh. though. I know, right? That's yeah, the you, creature you... in the back of the. If you look at the Zekmoy, in the back, that other creature in the background is that other creature that you just showed, Zeke. That is a gorgeous bust, dude. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Is she the creator? What are you looking at? That lady? I don't know. I'm just scrolling through the photos. If you're on the stream, uh, you'll be able to see what I'm looking at. I'll I'll post this link in the Discord if you haven't already joined that. Oh, I see. Uh, that that is just yeah. a gorgeous statue. Mm-hmm. You know that bitch hand painted. Oh yeah. That's probably a couple grand easy. Anyway. Wow. Fantastic. So yeah. <laughs> well hey, that actually brings us to our next topic really easily. Oh, boss. Don't yeah. say it. <laughs> you bitch. I, I gotta go do something. Not no, moss-related things. <laughs> All right. Uh, I swear, I'm going to ask you a question. And if you give me the answer that I'm afraid you're going to give me, then we're going to move on. All right. What do you want to talk about moss? Well, actually, moss is... There's multiple things that you can talk about related to D&D &D with Moss because our ropers, they're, they're related to beholders more or less, but there are like fungal creatures, kind of like ropers, right? Well, I just typed in Moss and I got the Mossback Steward, which is a giant turtle with a city on its back. So let's talk about that. <laughs> Uh, it's gargantuan monstrosity, AC of t 17, 22 when it's in its shell, average hit points of 227, its speed is only 20 feet, uh, 28 strength, 3 dex, 25 constitution, 12 intelligence, 17 wisdom, 5 charisma. It is immune to poison and being poisoned, it has 60 feet of dark vision, 120 feet of telepathy. It understands oh. goblin, common, and primordial, but cannot speak it. Uh, it can breathe air and water. Massive yes. frame. The tortoise can carry up to 20,000 pounds of weight atop its shell, but moves at half speed if the weight exceeds 10,000 10, pounds. Medium or smaller creatures can move underneath the tortoise while it's not prone. Any creature under the tortoise when it falls prone is grappled. Escape DC is 18. Until the grapple ends, the creature is prone and restrained. Uh, Spellcasting? As an action, it can cast the following spells with the spell save uh, DC 15. At will, friends. Aww. And once per rest, suggestion and divination. It has a bite attack at a plus 12 to hit, 10 foot reach. Uh, 28 bludgeoning damage is the average. And its shell defense recharges on a 4 to a 6. The tortoise withdraws into its shell, falls prone, and gains a plus 5 bonus to AC. 
While the tortoise is in its shell, its speed is zero and can't increase. The tortoise can, can emerge from its shell as an action, whereupon it is no longer prone. The artwork reminds me of, like, something between <clears throat> Mad Max and Waterworld. I, I'm getting uh, World of Warcraft horde base on a turtle. Mm. Yeah. I just like the idea that it, it can cast friends. <laughs> yeah, and it actually, like, is... Uh, it has telepathy, so it can actually talk to you. Well, uh... It understands goblin, common, and primordial, but it cannot speak. So, yeah, technically it can, like, uh... I assume, like, if it can't speak, it just, like, communicates in, like, feelings and pictures. Yeah, that that's how I think yeah. telepathy works that's, that's my mother <laughs> that's generally how that works for yeah for telepathic things like even you as a player if you have uh telepathy there's actually a few races that are able to speak with uh telepathy and it says that so long as it understands a language you can speak to it but it has yeah. to understand um, a language I can't, think like, communicate he... to a dog. What? I think um, the ghost-wise halflings can only communicate with telepathy because they are either incapable of speaking or have taken a vow of silence. Hmm. Interesting. Is it cheating if you're using telepathy with your vow of silence? Obviously not. <laughs> well, you're not technically making a sound. So I would say no. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, there is violet fungus. And I actually can't look at the fungal serving because it's part of the Candlekeep Mysteries and I don't own that book. Uh, but the violet... Fungus has uh, <laughs> false appearance. While the violet fungus remains motionless, it is indistinguishable from an ordinary fungus. <laughs> it has uh, multi-attack. It makes 1d4 rotting touch attacks. Uh -huh. It's a melee weapon attack, plus 2 to hit, reach of 10 feet, one creature. Does an average of 4 necrotic damage. Danger moss. So it basically just anemones its way to you for death damage. Death damage. <clears throat> was the name of my high school band. Death damage. <laughs> uh, it's technically not moss, but it is a plant. Look line. up um, A A R T U K because yeah, these things are wild. Oh, There's a couple okay. of different variations of There's them. There's an Artuk Elder, an Artuk Priest, and an Artuk Warrior. Let's take a look. Their creature rating is 2, 2, and 3, so they're not terribly strong. <clears throat> they are wild to look they're at. They're basically star, like land starfish. The it's, uh, cool. what's, the, what's the thing from uh, DC Comics? Yeah. The starfish? The, yeah, I... 
Yeah, the starfish. I just said starfish. Yeah, but I, I was trying to remember the name. I can't remember the name. Oh, I don't fucking remember. You're thinking of the thing from Suicide Squad. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but they are apparently plants. Uh, let's see. They have an AC of 14, 15, and 16. Average hit points of 52, 38, and 75. Uh, they all have 60 feet of dark vision. Uh, oh, the priest, <laughs> the Arctic priest has a plus three to religion. So there's that. Yes. <clears throat> they all have spider climb. Um, multi-attack they each get to make two branch attacks it's a plus four a plus three and a plus six to hit averaging 11 bludgeoning eight bludgeoning and eight bludgeoning they also have radiant pellet which is a plus three to hit a plus two to hit and a plus four to hit 60 feet of range and it's anywhere from uh Seven radiant damage. Oh no, yeah, seven, seven, and ten radiant damage. The elder gets spell casting, and it can cast calm emotions, detect magic, and sending once one day each. Uh, the priest gets revivify and tongues one day each, and the warrior doesn't spell cast. Uh, each of them get the tongue bonus action. It all recharges on a six. I'm looking to see. Uh, let's see. It must make a DC 12 dexterity saving throw. That one is a 12 and that one is an 11. Uh, on a failed save, the target is grappled by the tongue and pulled up 25 feet towards it. The tongue can only grapple once at a time. The priest gets rally troops as a bonus action it's once a day it magically ends the charmed and frightened conditions on itself and on each creature of its choice that it can see within 30 feet of itself it's very uh interesting i don't know what to make of these things very imagine like a starfish but the the center part of its body just like that like pops up and that's its head and it's attached by like a gooey stem <clears throat> you yeah yeah it's uh it's from the spell jammer i think I'll put so it up it's on very the, weird at uh, the stream so this green one if you're on the stream is the elder this oh. one is the priest Blah. And this is the warrior. <laughs> this is actually a creature in D and D. Yes, yes. Yeah, it no, is. no, no. I'm reading another creature. Sorry, I came across uh, this out of just sheer curiosity. <clears throat> Did you type in butt? I actually in... found. Oh, oh. go ahead. No, you were first. I typed in Wobble Tanger because I was actually just curious if this existed. It does. What? The killer oh. rabbit exists in D and Zeke, you are correct. This is the spell jammers. That's what the R tooks are from. How do you spell it, Zach? I'll, I'll link it in Creature Share. Ian, you should you should talk about this well, one. Sp spell when it. You're done. I I 
Wappletinger. Uh, oh, okay. It's not an official thing. I thought it was. No, uh, that, that's like that's a fan-made one. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. You should read it anyways. It's actually like pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is not an official. Uh... <clears throat> Basically, another... Zach's persona is has been made into <laughs> a... Uh... That's definitely D &D not creature. This thing is literally the size of a small rabbit. Yeah, for Sona. Uh, <laughs> so interesting. It doesn't actually give a size. It's a magical beast, chaotic neutral, AC of thirteen, an average of eighty-five hit points. It has a f sorry. It, it think of a jackalope but with wings. That's basically what this is. It has thirty feet of flying. 15 to 30 feet of running, depending on its current size. Yeah, this is absolutely homemade because this wording is not well done. Uh, 13 strength, 27 dex, 10 constitution, 16 intelligence, 21 wisdom, and 25 charisma. Whew. It's pretty stacked. Uh, interesting. It cannot be knocked prone. It is immune to being prone, charmed, or grappled. Has eighty feet of dark vision. That's a strange measurement. So, and so a passive okay. perception of twenty-one. So real fast before you keep going. So the reason why it's saying depending on its current size, if you read its lore up top, it grows in size based on how much blood it's consumed from other creatures. <laughs> if it's about. It can go up to like a small dog about three foot high. <laughs> so it's tiny to small. Yeah. Uh, so it has this so cute and fluffy. The Wolpertinger's first instinct is to try and fool any adventurer who comes across it. It will do this by looking friendly, domesticated, or injured. If any person questions this, they must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw or they are fooled by the act. <clears throat> I love the wording of that, actually. Uh, limited magical resistance. The Wolpertinger has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects that attempt to bind, trap, ensnare, or capture it. Interesting. Uh, small and tricksy. As a squirmy, small, and teleportation-prone beast, the Wolpertinger has advantage on all physical and ranged attack rolls against it. What? Including magical... What? That doesn't make sense. Confusion. I wonder if this is meant for D&D... Because you don't get advantage on attacks against you. Like, that that's not a thing. I don't know. Uh, not to mention, magical missiles automatically hit. Like, there's no saving. Like, if it said it had advantage on saves against stuff, I could see that. But... <clears throat> Uh, it has multi-attack. It can make two melee attacks or it makes one melee attack and teleports before or after the attack. Teleport. It can teleport up to 120 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. 
separate quarry. If the Wolpertinger is in contact with another creature, that creature can be teleported alongside the Wolpertinger. The other creature does not need to be willing, but if they wish to resist, they must succeed on a DC 16 dex saving throw. Its bite attack is a plus 10 to hit with a 5 foot reach, average of 17 piercing damage. To avoid incurring a level of exhaustion due to blood loss, an enemy must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw. Yeah, the, the wording of small and Trixie, if this is meant for D&D, needs to be uh, different, tweaked. And they also yeah. need to have the information about its size in its actual page and not just in its lore. Yeah. Because, like, on a <laughs> successful bite, if they fail the save or something, then that's when it gets bigger or bigger. something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> I was curious because you said it, and I'm just like, I wonder if they say it up top. And it does actually, it mentions it up top and how that kind of exists to a small degree. It just screams Feywild to me. It does. I agree. Yeah. It's... It's different. It has potential. But I don't... This is either not meant for 5e, or it's meant for, like, Pathfinder or something, with very similar but slightly different rules to D&D. I just thought it was interesting. It's kind of funny. Like, I was just surprised that rules to some degree existed with it. Right. Because, again, like, I just remember this because this was a mini pet you could have in D&D. Uh, not D&D. In World of Warcraft. I'm just like, it was fucking god-awful ugly. It's like, would never want to use it. But Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's like the wrong kind of buck tooth. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, we've been going for almost two hours, so uh, unless you guys have another creature or two you wanted to look at. Speed round through the last two. Let's go. What Am last? Ambjerger and Pack Dak DX. Oh, <laughs> okay. Ambjerger is just a astral dreadnought. He's an astral hole. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, pack tactic. Pack tactics is. It's like pack tactics, but without the S. Could you imagine if everyone had pack tactics? Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, it would make combat that. a lot easier for you guys. <clears throat> That's I don't I think sure. we need. I don't think we need that. Well, I mean, you got your shit rocked the other session. Yeah. Tears has gotten her shit rocked. Pez has gotten his shit rocked. I mean, everybody's gotten their shit kicked in for a little to some degree. Yeah, Brick. I was going to say. Almost did. Brick TPK almost died. A medium encounter. I didn't, I didn't almost get a TPK. You almost did. No. I mean, sure, a few of you almost died, but like two of you is not close enough to a TPK. <clears throat> and I think you and Kirsten are the only ones that have actually gone unconscious. Mm -hmm. But I've come close to killing Zahn a few times. Pez has gone down. Kirsten has gone down. Brick has 
Have you gone down or have you just gotten really close to going down? You know? Because the T-Rex really fucked you up on the train. But I don't think you... Did you die? I don't think so. Hmm. I think you were close and Venera plapped you. Well, maybe. It's been a while. I don't know. Yeah. Venera, I think, is the only one that hasn't, like, really suffered. I think. I'm pretty sure I haven't kicked her ass. Fuck, even Metal's, <laughs> like, almost died as Kip had. No, he he went down a couple times as Kip had. I think he did go down. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, he was also like walking up, waggling his finger and scolding the mushroom tender. Mm-hmm. It was, it was well, like your first legendary boss. Playing his character. <clears throat> he was. You also almost killed Herman LaBeouf. Yeah. That's true. Ray's trying to do a freaking fucked up CPR. <laughs> Uh, this was uh, during one of the one the the one shot I did with Issa to get her oh. uh, a feeling of how the game plays and all. Yeah, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, what what was that that you got down by the banshee scream, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that that would happen. I didn't think it would happen to the healer though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> A banshee whale is wisdom saving throw, right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, that now is unusual. He, oh, well, he was a bard, so. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like he he was the healer. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I was nice. I let them make a medicine check, and they rolled decently high. I let them CPR him back. <laughs> I didn't want to end the legacy of Herman LeBouf just yet. Not like that, but soon. No. Speaking of, More though, I, I, I do need to... Now that I'm I'm back and I'm actually, you know, fucking cognizant again, I really need to get that uh, Metal's next one shot going. Yep. Mm. And I am... Slowly working on getting a Storm King's Thunder campaign up and running. Oh, it's been slower, slower going than I would I was hoping, but uh, HHN really kicked my ass. It is uh, what it is. What are What are your roadblocks, if you don't mind me asking? Just having the energy yet, or? Uh, I was really taking this last probably week and a half to just kind of chill decompress yeah just have have some moments to myself and it and it there has been some work in in the in the in-betweens yeah but it was mainly just like can i just take a breath please dear god no I, i feel you uh i pretty much haven't thought about D D until today like past Oh, I want to play. I want to continue. Today is the first day since I left that I've actually like opened my documents and looked at them and reviewed my notes and 
like went back and reviewed voices that I had done so I know how like <laughs> fucking Nikolai <laughs> sounds and everything. <laughs> uh, he's like, howdy there, partner. You didn't sound like that last time. Well, I, that was before I got hit by a giant icy great sword, you fucker. <laughs> you fucker. You fucker. <laughs> All right. I am happy to announce that the Headless Gods is coming along nicely, along with the SW5E campaign setting. Oh, the Headless Gods? Yeah, that's the name of my campaign setting. For? Or, well, I mean, the campaign title. Is this your Star Wars one? No. Oh. This, this is my own world. Oh. Well, cool. Yeah. I, I will say I have been playing um, Breath of the Wild a lot. Uh, and I've played it so much and it's I am I have probably explored maybe an eighth of the map and I'm already thinking it's like, man, I really want to rip this off uh, and make this map into a D&D &D world because it's just <laughs> so freaking cool. I love that game. You. After Storm King's Thunder. After. After. Such a good game. I mm -hmm. can't believe it took me five years to play it. Well, I mean, you didn't have the system for starters. Eh, I've had it since Christmas. I've just been doing other, uh, playing other stuff, uh, and it's finally been <coughs> like, um, it's like, man, I really want a good exploration game. Oh, wait, I have this. <laughs> I think the only thing that really turns me off is uh, the item degradation. I thought that would get annoying too, but if you it know where you to look, ton. it really does. It it replaces it very quickly. I I, I often just... have like off. Oh, which which one do I want to take? Uh, that defeats. Which one do the, I want to eat? That defeats the purpose, though. If they're just gonna give you a bunch of them, why even have the feature? I think it's mainly to keep you from just sticking with one weapon. They want you to use all different types of weapons, and it's to keep you from just sticking with one. I don't like it. Uh, it, it <laughs> there are some good and bad parts for me as well. I'll, I'll admit, there are some times where I'm like, ah, I wish this wasn't a thing. But then there's other times I'll come across five enemies all with the same weapon, and it's a really good weapon. I'm like, sweet, I get stock up. <laughs> okay, well, we, we have drifted wildly from D&D &D topics, so let's let's go ahead and wrap up Whiskey Wednesdays real quick here. <laughs> all right, sorry. Uh, no, 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 I mean, I, I'm, I'm down to stay on and keep talking about it, and if you're interested in staying on and talking about it, consider joining our Discord, because this is the kind of shit we talk about all the fucking time. Time. yeah we're huge yeah. fucking nerds yes we are uh so if you haven't already the link should be down below if you're listening to this in podcast form it should be in the description you may have to type it out i'm sorry it's a tiny link you can do it i believe in you um or you can look us up on twitch or youtube fools and flagons and uh there should be a clickable link clickable link there for you to follow we welcome anyone and everyone and if you just want to sit and lurk and just type in the text chat that's perfectly fine uh and if you want to pop in and just chat whenever we're around by all means that's what we're here for uh again we have DD this friday which will be exciting uh yeah that's about all i got anyone else got anything thank you for enjoying our company with us we're amazing 
<laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I'm really tempted to do that little jingle from the Game Grumps episode that we all laughed hysterically at. Oh, the hold one. on. I actually have that saved on my desktop. Oh, yes, play it, play it. <laughs> Go fuck your dad. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's playing again. Oh, yeah, I can't hear it. I can't hear anything. It's probably uh, in the stream. It's on the stream. Oh, yeah, it'll, oh. it'll play. Okay, hold on, let me listen to the stream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a funny okay. story, that's actually Metal's ringtone. Oh, hold on. Oh, uh, God. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, enjoy that little snippet into our idiocy. If you like that kind of stuff, then uh, you're in the right place. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed. We'll be back. I'll probably have this up in podcast form uh thursday or friday depending on when i have the time to do it or later on this weekend and yeah i hope to see you on friday during the live stream good night everybody bye bye night. thank you for listening to the whiskey wednesdays podcast you can watch the show live on twitch every other wednesday if you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss please join our discord the links can be found in the description and we look forward to seeing you soon